salvation by faith in Jesus Christ alone, the gospel being taken to the Gentiles, um, the hand of God is manifested in salvation. And then in chapter, beginning in chapter 12, he goes into some really practical application of this doctrine. Since we are believers in Christ, um, what effect should it have on our life? And Paul began in chapter 12, verse 1, with verses that we're very familiar with, and, and sad to say, oftentimes we separate them from the, the doctrinal teaching of the first half of the book, and, and really, he just ties it in. He says, <coughs> excuse me, verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, so because of this great love of God that, that gives to us forgiveness of sins and, and puts on our account His righteousness, because of the righteousness of God that we have now, he says, I, I plead with you that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So, Paul is pleading with the Romans to combine the doctrine with the deeds, to combine the promises of God with their daily practice, their daily life. And and he says, I want you to make sure that you are not conformed to this world, but that you're transformed. When we become believers, our values change. And, and they're in the process. It's, it's always a process of, of growing, but it ought to, it ought to, to a certain degree, change immediately from what the world values to what matters most to Jesus Christ. And so what he's talking about, he says, you are in Christ. Now I'm, I'm asking you to present your body to the value system of God. It's either, we're either living by the world's value system or we're living by Christ's value system and they are set against each other. Even as we've seen tonight in the video that we saw, there is a, there is a great spiritual warfare that is going on. And Paul says, now because you have been redeemed, you are justified in Jesus Christ, he said, I want you living for his values and investing your life. So then he goes in and really, and just breaking it down to the most basic aspect, he, he gives in these chapters a basic outline of God's will for our life. And it begins, we've alluded to it, it begins first of all, as a believer we are to present ourselves to God. Here I am, Lord. Do whatever you want with me. 
I am yours. Present your body as a living sacrifice. In other words, I have a new master. We mentioned this morning that many, many of the citizens of Rome and indeed many of these believers were slaves. They understood the, the aspects of having a master and, and when in Romans 6 he says, don't yield yourselves as servants to, of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves as servants of righteousness unto God. And, and here again, he's saying, give yourself to this new master, Jesus Christ. He is a different master. He is a better master. He is the perfect master. And really, it doesn't make any sense that we would yield to any other master because no other master even compares to that. God created us. He designed us. He knows every detail about us. He loves us. He is willing to give His Son to pay the penalty for our sin. No one ever cared for us like Jesus, so why would we choose not to submit to Him? But many times... We cling to the kingdom of self rather than yielding to the kingdom of God. And that's really what it comes down to. And so he's urging them, let go of your own kingdom. You know, living for the kingdom of self is a guaranteed, miserable, troubled life. Because you're the only one that's for that kingdom. Nobody else is for that kingdom. And you talk about, you talk about all the attacks. You think everybody's out to undermine your kingdom and in some way, in some ways they are. And in some other ways, they don't even care about your kingdom. And that can be irritating when you're out building your own kingdom. But really, it's either we're either building our own kingdom or we're serving God's kingdom. And Paul says, You've been redeemed. Now, go, present your body to God and His kingdom and, and say to God, God, I'm yours. I wouldn't even have life were it not for you. I am giving myself to you. Whatever you want with me, I am yours. We fear what God may do because we don't know the nature of God. But number one, present yourself to God in Romans chapter 12. And, and we're not going to go into it. You may get into it on your Wednesday study or your personal study. But he goes into Romans chapter 12 and, and he said, God designed you for his kingdom and he's equipped you with spiritual gifts. Use those gifts for God's kingdom. And then he talks about living in God's kingdom with other people. In, in Romans 12. But then, beginning in Romans 13, God's will for us as a believer is that we be a representative of God in this world. Paul wrote to the church at Corinth and he, he said, we are ambassadors of God. We are representatives of a king in a different land, we are in a foreign country, we are representatives, ambassadors of God. 
we're a little more familiar with that. Our former governor, Terry Branstead, left Iowa and was appointed as the ambassador of the United States to China. With all that's going on with China, he probably wishes he was still governor of Iowa, okay? But, but he is in China representing the interests of the United States. Now, an ambassador in representing um, has to be uh, very careful that he um, knows the country that he is representing and properly conveys it that he knows the country that he's going to to represent, knows their cultures, so he doesn't just um, ignorantly offend them and cause there to be division and, and, and confusion. So when we think about as an ambassador of Jesus Christ, we are citizens of heaven. Okay, we're taking this for granted that you're a believer a follower of Jesus Christ. And so we are in this world and we need to live by the standards of our new king. We need to know the country that we're representing. That means we need to study the Word of God. We need to be students of the Word of God to know what we're representing. We need to accept that this world is not my home. I am a representative, I am a foreign country, this world is not my home, and I need to live in such a manner and speak in such a manner that I represent my king. I need to, and in this case, as an ambassador of Jesus Christ, I am spreading the message that everyone is welcome to the forgiveness of Jesus Christ and a relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. So, representing Christ requires three skills that we just want to just briefly touch on. Number one, knowledge. To have an accurately informed mind, we must know the central message of God's kingdom. We must know how to convey that message to others. Someone has said, you never know anything until you're able to explain it to someone else and help them know it. We may think we have a mind that knows something. Do you know it well enough that you can explain it to someone else? Do you know why you're going to heaven? Can you explain it? And and to know how to respond to obstacles, an ambassador, to respond to obstacles that that may be presented and to respond to them in a diplomatic way that would be conducive to them embracing the message. So there needs to be knowledge. Secondly, there needs to be wisdom. Wisdom in this sense, different from knowledge, wisdom that makes our message clear understandable and persuasive. The tools that are required of a diplomat are not the weapons of a warrior. 
It's, it's more tactical skill rather than brute force. Sometimes we come in as a bull in a china shop to represent Christ. And immediately it just shuts people down. We need to understand, have wisdom. Where is this person? And what would be the next step to help draw them closer to Christ? Do they even believe there is a God? If they do, what is their understanding of it? To, to see, they, they may be very, very angry and, and against anything of God. To understand why might that be? I mean, it may be they grew up in a religious home that was abusive and, and difficult, and so they threw off everything. But to have wisdom, to be um, clear in the message, but to, to be able to represent God, to help bring them one step by one step closer to God. And then it's necessary that we have character. In other words, knowledge and wisdom are always always packaged in a person. So it is important that as people, we embody the virtues of God's kingdom. It's not just enough to say it. It's important that they see it in our lives. They see it in our character. Otherwise, it will undermine our message and handicap any efforts that we have to be an ambassador of God. So, in many, many cases, without even saying a word, people will find out one way or another that you are a Christian. And so that immediately in many people, gets their attention, and they're starting to watch. And they're watching to see if our life matches up to their understanding of what a Christian is. And you know what? Most people have a pretty good understanding of what a Christian is supposed to be. And we may have knowledge, and we may have wisdom, but if we don't have the godly character that fits all of that together, then we're not going to be the ambassador that God wants us to be. This is why it's so important that we hammer out the godly character in our life, the disciplines, the love of God, the love of God's Word, the the change, allowing the Spirit of God to bring the change in our life and so on. So, he's writing to these believers and he tells them in chapter 13, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. He's saying, as a believer, we live in this society and you have to be related to secular government. He's telling them in chapter 13. And secular government is ordained of God. And we're not going to go into all that tonight. But he's he's telling them, you're representing me to this world. And it will be manifested in how you live in this world. And how you relate to society. 
Our communities ought to be better off and blessed because we're here. And it should be because of the character that that we manifested. As Christians, we are not isolated people. We are part of society with all its difficulties, with all its problems, with all its hopes. And, and Paul's advice to the Romans was... I want you to live in such a manner and have knowledge and wisdom and always remember that you are here as a representative of God in this world. I mean, that ought to, it's an honor, it's an honor for Governor Branstead to be appointed as a rep ambassador of our nation to China. It is an, an even greater honor, far greater honor, that you have been chosen to represent God Almighty in South Central Iowa or wherever God takes you. So, present yourself to God, be representative of God to the world, and then, beginning in chapter 14, 15, and 16, he says, you are to be a servant to the body of Christ. And beginning in chapter 14... He begins dealing with issues that maybe are gray areas. And those that are weak in the faith may be saying, no, you can't do this and you shouldn't do this. And maybe they don't understand the grace of God. And the strong in the faith are saying, no, that, that isn't a part of our salvation. That isn't um, necessary for salvation. Or it may be, he goes into detail here. Um, about what you eat, and and some think that you should eat this and you shouldn't eat this, and some of the Jews felt no, you should avoid these foods and so on. And and the bottom line of all of this is, be a servant to the body of Christ. You are not to judge. Another man's servant. And they understood this. So, this aspect of, you have enough to do to take care of your own life. And there are certain areas, yes, there are certain areas that are clearly spelled out. And then there are other areas that God may lead them in this area. He may lead you in another area. And he's saying, be a servant to the body. He says in, in chapter 4 or 14 and verse 13, notice what he says. Well, let me back up in, in chapter 14 and verse 12. He's saying, we, we all, we all are servants of God and God gives his servants different responsibility. And he says in verse 12, So then each of us shall give account of himself to God. Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore, but resolve, rather resolve this, not to put a stumbling block or a cause to fall in our brother's way. So, he says, Be willing to give yourself a servant. You may think it's all right to eat pork. I'm just saying that, okay? And this brother may think it's not okay to eat pork. 
Don't make a big deal. If you are strong in the faith, you invite them over. Don't feed them pork bratwurst, okay? Don't have pork chops for them, all right? But I love pork chops, and I'm the best pork chop griller in the county. And no, don't even don't even make it an issue. You don't want to provide a stumbling. See, the bottom line is, I want to help them grow to be the best representative of Christ that they can be. And you do that which edifies, which builds up. There are certain things that, in God's leading as we walk in the Spirit, need to be addressed. But he goes on and he says in in chapter 15 and verse 1, We then who are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each one of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it was written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. And then he goes on, all these things that were written aforetime were written for our learning. But notice the bottom line in this. I am a servant to the body of Christ, so I don't please myself. I don't say, oh, I've done enough. I've, I've done my one ministry or two ministry. I don't need to serve anymore. No, if there's a need, I'm willing to serve. I'm not here to please myself. I am an ambassador of God to the world, but I am also a servant to fellow believers. So, I don't make a big issue. I want to edify. I want to build up. I want to make the body strong. And I'm not going to live to please myself. And then he holds the model. Even as Christ did not please himself. See? Again, we're back to this kingdom. Present yourself as a servant to God's kingdom, not please himself. And then Paul brings it back again. You then that are strong, bear the infirmities of the weak. I mean, understand, we're all at different levels of our growth. And there are, I look back in my life, and there are certain things that, that God has grown and developed. There's a lot more things that he needs to grow and develop. And understand, be patient with one another, and, and build up and strengthen and pray for and minister and serve one another for the sake of edification. It's not to please ourselves. And it's not to be a stumbling block to others that we provide that. So, I mean, he breaks down the Christian life in, in two basic areas. You give yourself to God. And I need to remember this week, I am a, a representative God to the world. And I am a servant to fellow Christians. And you know what? That servant means we're called to do things that maybe we don't want to do, but we're not living to please ourselves anymore. This would be a blessing to someone else? Okay. I have the resources or the wherewithal, and I can do this. Those two things, representing God in the world, and he's sending us all out in different directions this week, And we're representing God. And we need to keep that in my mind. I'm representing God. 
I'm representing God over and over again. We need to remind ourselves of that. I mean, there are times over and over again, you are amazed at the incompetency that you run into all around the world, right? But wait a minute. How do I respond to this? I am representing God. And then it's also, how can I serve the body? How can I be a blessing to someone in this church? How can I encourage a fellow believer? How can I serve as as opportunities are made available? How can I encourage? How can I build up? How can I serve? And it's it's to think, okay, I may have the liberty to do this, but doing this, would it be a stumbling block to someone else? Well, if it is, I'm, I'm going to avoid it. Because it's not about me, it's about making them stronger and strengthening them. That's that's the ultimate team mentality. And this is the ultimate team that we get to be on. And so it's it's realizing that and it's coming to realize that. So all this doctrine, you want no condemnation, you live by faith, you have peace with God. It's not just to sit around and sing kumbaya and say, come Lord Jesus, it's to get up and go say, man, I want others to know this. I'm a representative of God in this world. And secondly, we are the body of Christ, and we are representatives, so I want to make the body strong. I want to be a blessing to others. I want to encourage others. I want to build them up. I want to serve them. I am a servant, and a servant doesn't put barriers. No, I'm not going to do that. A servant is willing to serve. And, and you know, the Christian life isn't complicated, but it's not easy. But it's not like, I just can't figure this out. He spells it out pretty basically for us. And he gives us the grace through the indwelling of the Spirit. So this week, and, and daily, honestly, we ought to present ourselves to God. God... When you get up in the morning, God, here I am. I give myself. I don't know what today holds, but I'm trusting you to lead me. I'm your servant. And remind yourself as you go out, I am representing you, God, to this world. Rather than it's easy to see people and think, what a bummer. What's wrong with that person? Wait a minute. God, you brought me here to represent you to them. And then to see how we can minister to the needs of others as believers. Heavenly Father, I pray that the truths of your word tonight would not just end as we end this service, but Lord, that it be just the beginning. I pray that we would give ourselves to serve one another, encourage one another, build up one another, that we would be careful not to provide a stumbling block to others, that we'd be willing to give up our rights. And Lord, that we would be reminded continually that we are representing you. And I pray that we would give an accurate representation of you. And I pray that through the lives of each of us tonight, that this week, as you tarry and we live, that this week we could help others be drawn closer to you through them seeing genuine godly character in our life. 
So, Lord, we plead your mercies. We can't do this without your spirit. We plead your mercies for your honor and glory. And, Lord, we just look forward and count it a great privilege to represent you and to be on your team. We praise you in Jesus' name with thanksgiving. Amen. So, this week, remember, we're representing Christ and serve 